Mark is with us now. Marco, how are you? I'm good, James. How are you? Good. I just, you know, somebody sent me this uh, this note here, this text about your waking up yesterday morning and plowing 20 bucks into Adam Scott. What the heck is that? <laughs> you know, it's so weird because um, there's no reason to think that, you know, Adam Scott was going to contend this week, really. You know, he's shown some signs of life in the last few months since he went back to the long putter and he had a decent open championship, but nothing that would suggest that he was going to contend to win the championship. And on Wednesday afternoon, I was just poking around. I had an Adam Scott hunch just because I kind of felt like, hey, you know, it's it's his kind of golf course. It's going to be soft. The greens are going to be mushy. They're not going to be crispy. Let me go see what he's paying. And I checked out the odds, and I went, that's worth 20 bucks." And here he is now, 500 par for the championship. I threw $20 on him that pays over 2000 bucks. So uh, someone, someone, Jim, is pulling for Adam Scott this weekend. <laughs> I, you know, I, I watched yesterday, and I, I hadn't seen him play for a while. So the long, long-handled putter is not the anchored uh, putter thing that got banned, but it just looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous and uncomfortable, but he is such a better player when he's using it compared to a conventional putter. It just gives him a little swagger in his step. It frees up his golf swing. You know what it's like when we play this game. It doesn't matter if you're one of the best players in the world or you're a weekend warrior. If you see a few putts go in and you think you can make the odd putt, it just makes the game way more fun. And I think that's what Adams re uh, kind of reignited his game and just kind of went, wow, this you know, this is fun again. I can hit good shots and get rewarded for them instead of feeling like he has to hit it to two feet every time because he's got no chance to make a putt. So it's going to be interesting to see how long he can keep this going for because, you know, he's four off the lead right now. He still has several holes left today, so maybe he can get it to six or seven under but it's going to be interesting to see if he can ride this through the weekend because it's been a long time since he's been in this position. I know, but and I know we've had this conversation a million times, but you know he is on the PGA Tour. These are the best golfers in the world, and he has the extend-a-handle on his putter. looks stupid. Yeah, but you know what? If he wins the PGA Championship and cashes $1.5 million, I'll do that and look like a moron. I've, you know what, Jim? I look like a moron on a weekly basis for free. So, <laughs> yeah, That's my line. So there he sits at 500 through 15, five shots. Uh, Gary Woodland, is there going to be some sort of medical test in this guy? Well, I know. Again, it's going to be interesting to see how long Gary can keep this going for because Gary has played well early in, in big events in the past and has just not you know, handled the pressure and the spotlight well on the weekend. Uh, this is a bit of a home game for him. He grew up about two and a half hours down the road in a very, very, very small town. So this is the closest that he'll ever play a major uh, to his home. He's got about 30, 40 friends and family out this week that are watching him play. Um, from, from a technical standpoint, you got to think that this is a Gary Woodland type of golf course. you got to hit it big. you got to use your driver. There's not much thinking around this golf course, Jim. It's fairly straightforward. There's not a lot of risk-reward. There's not a lot of strategy. Hit it big down the middle, and then you know take that aim uh, because the greens are mush. So um, 
you know, it certainly would fit Gary Woodland's game. But again, uh, can he handle that spotlight on the weekend? Very different to be teeing off last or second last in, in, on a Saturday or Sunday at a major. And, and that's when we'll, you know, that's when we'll see what he's really all about. A move here by Francesco Molinari at 300 through 13 sits at 500. Does he have a shot at a second major? Completely. There's no, you know, it, it was shocking to me his start to this tournament. He just started off so rough, and you know, over his last 18 holes, the back nine yesterday, and now his start today, uh, he has just been tremendous. And there's no reason to think that he won't keep this going. He has just got it on all cylinders. Uh, the Azuri playing with just a level of calmness, Jim. That, and that's what he is. He has pointed to over these last six, seven, eight months a difference in his mental approach to the game that has just freed him up to play this game at a level that he hasn't in the past. He just feels so comfortable in his uh, in his own skin, and we're seeing it again here at the PGA Championship. Uh, not exactly the kind of player that we thought would do well here. We, you know, we were all pointing to Dustin Johnson's and Jason Day's and Rory McIlroy's, and I think Jason Day's going to have a great afternoon. He hasn't teed off yet, and Dustin Johnson's having a great day as well. But Molinari's just playing so well in all aspects of his game right now. There's no reason to think that he'll uh, not keep moving forward. Um, I like the the phrase mental approach. And so when we talk about Tiger Woods, and, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, over the last uh, several tournaments, there was an adjustment made by him. Um, yesterday was a good example. Started off uh, difficult and, and, and I guess, discarded a, a few ideas and, and, and just tweaked his game. But he's doing it himself. That would have been a, a, a swing coach in the past. But it seems to me that he's, he's starting to figure himself out, which, which, which would sort of set up a great year next year. Do you agree? You know, and that's what I've been saying all along, Jim. I, I think that all of these building blocks and what we've seen this year, uh, assuming that he's going to remain healthy, which we all believe he's going to at this point, um, although backs are funny things, as you know, but it looks like he's going to be able to be healthy. I think it's pointing to a bigger 2019. And, and, you know, I'd like to see him add some building blocks. Everybody wants him to come and win his 15th major. Well, he hasn't won a PGA Tour event yet. And if his name wasn't Tiger Woods, and he was some rookie on tour or a guy, you know, that hasn't competed in five years or won a major in 10 years, would, would we not be saying, let's see him win a tour event, let's see him add some building blocks, get in contention a few more times? I think we're all pointing really to next April at Augusta. And he has, uh, you know, continually made adjustments, made improvements, learning what this version of Tiger Woods is going to be like. And the last improvement he needs to make and the last adjustment he needs to make, other than mentally being comfortable in his skin these days under pressure, is the driver. So from a technical standpoint, um, you know, that's the last piece of the puzzle, really. His short game's been great. His iron play has been brilliant. Uh, you know, he is uh, top of the food chain uh, in the top third or top quarter of the food chain in many categories on the PGA Tour. The problem is the driver. And yesterday we saw it on the front nine. He went in the wrong direction out of the gates, pounding driver and pounding it into the woods and into the bunkers and into the rough. And then around the ninth hole yesterday, he abandoned the driver, started hitting three woods, started hitting driving iron off the tee, made birdie at nine, made birdie at ten, 
eventually shot two under on the back nine, and it's because he geared down off the tee and kept the ball in the fairway. So can he do that at this golf course over another three days of golf? Uh, you know, he hasn't played yet. He hasn't started this afternoon. Can't, you know, he's going to have to go out this afternoon and shoot 65. The lead's going to be around nine. It's going to be around 10. Uh, he's got to shoot 65 this afternoon. Can he do that with three woods and driving irons without, you know, leaning on his driver? Uh, I don't know. That's going to be the story for Tiger this afternoon. It's an intriguing view because here we have the greatest golfer of all time uh, who basically did it on superior skill, confidence, and, you know, great coaching staff now trying to sort of manage his own game by himself. And you have the confidence that once he figures that out, he could have an interesting finish to his career. And I agree. I think it could be a great, uh, you know, couple of years starting next year. You know, it ain't going to go forever. He's going to be yeah. 43, in de- 43 in December, but there's no reason that he couldn't have a, a very strong 19-20-21, so to speak, in terms of a, a good finish and a good run. And, you know, you and I have had this conversation so many times about I thought he was overcoached, too many swing changes, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. I love the fact that over the last year he's kind of cleared the camp and and really done it on his own and, and just learned to love the game again and hit shots and play golf. I think it's brilliant that he's doing it on his own. However, moving forward, say maybe starting next year, wouldn't it be great if he picked up the phone and called Butch and, and him and Butch got back together? And Because and, and, if you're talking about the most successful, you know, coach-student uh, relationship of the last 25 years, it's no doubt it's Tiger Woods and Butch Harmon. And, and from day one, I said if him and Butch stayed together, we'd probably be counting over 20 majors right now. It's an interesting story because the guy, now it's all, it's detailed and you understand what was going on with, with the guy and not the golfer. Uh, there's a lot of layers there that I guess collided. And when you read his book, you understand that if you departed his life, it was abrupt and sudden. And that would go to the coaching staff. That would go to uh, relationships. It's all sort of the same way. It's, it's over and, and he moves on. Uh, but there's clarity in his life now in that he's dealt with the demons and, and he is actually a, you know, should be a, a much smarter man for for surviving all that and you have to give him credit for digging deep and 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 dealing with those those problems you know when you're the central figure in the world and your your personal life is exposed and and you collapse and you rebuild yourself you always come out of it stronger so maybe he will have developed the ability to go back and, and invite people from his past back into his life yeah, you would think that he has now kind of done the self-exploration and repair that you alluded to that would allow him to, you know, no longer lead with his ego like he used to yeah. and allow him to, to extend, uh, you know, all of branches and phone calls and things like that back to the past. And him and Butch now apparently are on good terms and everything's fine, although it's not a professional relationship. It's back on on friendly terms, which it it wasn't for many years. And there's more than just Butch. There's a lot of relationships, as as you alluded to. Uh, And and the one thing I find interesting in all all of it, and the one thing that I think at times you and I both doubted, you know, we doubted many times, is is he just around and staying around to keep the Tiger brand alive so that – you know, he can continue to cash in on what was Tiger Woods. And I think a lot of times you and I both lean that way. Yeah. And I think the one thing we've learned in the last year or so 
man, considering everything he's been through physically, mentally, and emotionally, it would have been very easy at this point to just walk away. And I think we underestimated how much he loves being out there, being one of the guys, being out on tour, competing on the PGA Tour. I think we underestimated how much he actually loves that. And I think we're seeing it this year, maybe for the first time, him just... Uh, you know, relishing in the spotlight to be out there once again and just having the opportunity to be out there and be relevant again, I think has meant the world to him. Mark, thanks for stopping by. Have a great weekend. Thanks, James. You as well. Thank you. That's Mark Sacchino, PGA Tour Radio, Golf Talk Canada, and of course, Golf Talk Canada on TSN 1050 tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. You can watch the TV version as well. At Z-Man, TSN GTC is his Twitter account. This Golf Insider was brought to you by Subaru. Summer nights are made for Subaru with leaf rates from, lease rates. I got the Leafs in there. With lease rates from 0.5% at your local Ontario Subaru dealer. Subaru, confidence in motion. Up next, Dave Festcheck from the Toronto Star. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. You know how great it feels to live that unlimited life? To text your thumbs off? To binge that whole show? To go all out on all you can eat? With the CIBC Smart Account, you can get that feeling too. Because you get unlimited banking. That's unlimited purchases, withdrawals, even unlimited interact e-transfers. All your banking, all for a cap fee, all to help you live your best unlimited life. The CIBC Smart Account. Open an account today and earn $300. Conditions apply. Visit CIBC.com smart to learn more.